0: Have you been feeling agitated or angry or rageful, even or hateful, and getting triggered and then going, What is going on with me? Why am I reacting this way? What's happening? Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking with Emmy Mutali about the feminine and, yeah, this feeling of rage and this feeling of anger that wants to come through. What does it mean? How do we hold those feelings in a sacred way? How do we process our anger without hurting anyone or ourselves? These are all the topics we're going to talk about today on Soul Nectar Show. Join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show
1: You're invited, delighted, to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So
0: join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show. Soul Nectar Show. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a deeper understanding of who we are and why we're here on Earth, why we came here. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love these conversations. Every week I get to talk to amazing people about the human experience and Sometimes we have these fantastical conversations and we talk about star seeds and we go off into galaxies and we go into multidimensional awareness of ourselves. And we had a lot of really interesting places in the divine feminine. And I mean, there's so many topics we explore here. And sometimes, you know, the topics that would serve us the most to explore, we kind of put on the back burner, we avoid because it's uncomfortable. And today's episode might touch on some of those things, but in a really beautiful gentle way. So please stay with us because we're going to be talking about the feminine and its relationship with anger and rage and those feelings that our ancestral women had and that we have had that haven't really been given a place or a safe way or... A consistent framework for being expressed and released, and I think as as women, um, we're being called forth, and and I know men also have been denied the ability to express anger and rage. Um, my son is going through some of that right now, and I have my heart is so open to him because I know the power. What happens when you're able to express it, when you're able to release it, not with hurting anyone, but able to actually feel what your feelings really are and release and express that in a healthy way, it really sets you free to so much more clarity inside your body, so much more acceptance. And a lot of times people ask me, how can you be so joyful, Carrie, because there's so many bad things going on in the world. And I say, well, I feel my feelings about that. I feel my anger. I feel my rage. I feel my hatred. And I let life give me those experiences to help me tap into places where I've repressed those feelings so that I can express them and feel them in a healthy, contained way that I'm not like affecting other people negatively, but I can actually express my feelings and get in touch with myself and walk around the world that way. So we're gonna have a great conversation about that today. I hope you stay with us. We have Emmy Mutality with us. Welcome Emmy.
1: Thank you so much. Great to be back.
0: I'm glad you're back. Emmy was on the show previously and I'll put a link in the show notes to our last conversation so you can get caught up on Emmy's story, which is fantastically gorgeous, beautiful story. I want you guys to hear her story so I'll put that link below. And you should just know if you haven't uh, seen that other interview that Emmy is an intuitive healer, she's an energy medicine practitioner. She's a shamanic womb priestess and teacher, and she's dedicated to reawakening ancient feminine wisdom. And she holds a safe, sacred space for deep healing and transformation for women of all ages around the world and enables that emergence of authentic connection we're talking about here, that authentic connection, profound knowing inner power. And that is part of that equation is our deep rage and anger and outrage at the things that have happened and perpetrated upon women and people's for a long time on this planet. You should also know that Emmy is a best-selling author herself and she's a host of the Sacred Feminine Power podcast. And I've been on that podcast. I'm going to be on it again for Inner Medicine. So exciting. And she is actually in Zambia. So she has a suburban sanctuary and she has an MA in human rights. I mean, so this is like... This is a big deal. Emmy is a lighthouse in human rights. And so I just want you guys to meet and realize who she is because she's advocating for women and child's rights and, and for health freedom. So welcome back, Emmy. I know when we were talking about what was up in the space collectively right now, this topic of anger and the feminine really was really prevalent. And I want to hear some
1: of your thoughts on it. Where do you want to start? Hmm. Well, what's coming to me really strongly right now is that this, what feels like a global and collective awakening of anger and rage is actually a really, really beautiful thing. It is high time for that anger to come through to the surface. It's high time for that anger to be collectively expressed as well. And when we allow that anger to be safely expressed, to come through in a way that is transformative, transmutative, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and and transcendental at the same time, then we start to reach those beautiful places of healing and transformation and those places of forgiveness that we so, so desperately need on our planet at the moment on so many levels.
0: Yeah, I love that. I the lens I often look at things, Amy, is through the Gene Keys G E N E K E Y S, which is affiliated with um, the Human Design. Richard Rudd put together just a beautiful system. He downloaded and it makes so much sense to me. And my primary uh, my key and my pearl, which is my my gift to the world, kind of thing, that is working through the shadow of conflict, and the gift is diplomacy, and the result is peace. Right, the high frequency. And all my life, I've been trying to make peace by bypassing conflict. And I've realized that that doesn't work because it creates a false peace. And the anger and the resentment and everything is still there. It hasn't moved. It's like I'm just smearing it with a smile, you know? <laughs> and so whenever I get in that false place, I can tell now and then in my life, I always think I knew it was happening and I was angry at myself for doing it, you know, instead of like standing up. And, and I think so many women are like that. What are you seeing in the population?
1: Hmm, I completely agree. And I was smiling there earlier because uh, diplomacy is one of the key lessons I am here to learn in this lifetime as well. And I have avoided conflict all my life. <laughs> trying to be the peacemaker and trying to get to a place of harmony and balance, often bypassing that such, uh, what is such an important part of it in terms of speaking out loud, expressing our truths and allowing the conflict to arise because it can be so very cleansing and healing as well. So that's quite an interesting synchronicity there. <laughs> I know,
0: <laughs> you know right? Well. That's funny. <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but yeah. you can't, I mean, the conflict keeps finding you. That's the thing I learned is yeah. that, I mean, I was in a marriage for 20 years where that was the pattern, right? He, I don't know what keys he has because I don't have his chart, but probably provocation. So, cause my mom has provocation in her chart and it feels a little bit the same. And so it's like that poke, 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 provoke, 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 you know, like provoke, poke, 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 poke. And you're just like, it's like that, when you're camping, you get that gnat in your ear and it won't leave you alone and you're swatting, but like it keeps coming back. And you're just so like, you just want to rage over this little tiny thing. And then you realize how ridiculous that is. I want to rage over this little tiny thing. And then you have self judgment over raging over the little tiny thing. And then you get caught in this cycle of shame because you're angry. Right. And it's like such, it's like twisted up in knots, like all over the place. And really, what would have just cleaned it up is if I just stood and was angry and was like, that's enough. And the indigenous Absolutely. women are asking us to do that, aren't they? They're saying, you need to say that's enough.
1: Yeah. And and that's truly why we're seeing so much illness on our planet as well, because so many of us, especially as women, are holding on to that anger. We're kind of burying it deep, deep inside our bodies. It gets stuck inside our liver. It gets stuck inside our womb spaces. And over time, if we don't allow it to be expressed in a safe way, it starts to really fester and it starts to boil over and it can either come through as this massive eruption of anger that doesn't even make any sense anymore and is more hurtful and and painful than it should be, or we literally manifest it as an illness or a disease in our bodies, which could be something like a cancer or endometriosis or Skin issues, as this anger is just looking for a way to erupt out of our bodies, and it cannot find any other way apart from that cancer, or through the skin as eczema, or acne, or 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 an abscess, or or something like that.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, is that if we don't confront it and feel it in our bodies, then we are kind of like also disconnected from our bodies, right? Because yeah. There's a simultaneous programming that happens with women, and probably men too. But I'm in a woman's body, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Is that we're, you know, we have these traumas, and we have these systems of shame, you know, misogyny and systems of shame that are built up to make women ashamed of their bodies, ashamed of their emotions, and ashamed uh, uh, and repressed in their feelings. They're they're big, powerful feelings. Anger is a powerful feeling. And we're specifically told we're not allowed to have that feeling as a female and many men as well. So how do we, we have to move through the anger and we have to reclaim our bodies because we're dis, if we're disconnected from our bodies, then we're actually also preventing our own awakening, right? Our own Our own enlightenment process is stalled out because we're not feeling everything that's inside of our bodies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that is such a huge part of the conditioning that we've all have been brought up in pretty much collectively, globally, especially as women, again. And as you said, we have been taught to suppress and hide our anger. We have been taught to remain silent when all we want to do is scream or voice our expressions and opinions and let it be known that an injustice towards us has been done. And yet there is this massive culture of silence and silencing that we have been born into for most of us. And this idea or this narrative of having to be the good girl who is seen but not heard or not even seen often, who just kind of goes about her life doing what she's expected to do and never rocks the boat, never never strays off the, the path, the beaten path, and is dutifully fulfilling her role as the stereotypical woman or female. And... It is incredible that we are now in 2023, how strong the stereotype still is and how many of us continue to buy into that, often without questioning. And if the questioning starts to come through, it takes a hell of a lot of courage to actually follow that up and start to change our patterns and our beliefs around that as well.
0: Yeah, and I realized at some point in the last couple of weeks that there's different, it's like an octopus. There's different arms of the matrix system. So like if you are a woman and you, you're constantly any, I mean, all people in the United States, for example, are getting poked constantly, like for stupid little petty stuff, right. That like adds up and stacks up because it's really annoying little stuff. And you're constantly being poked and provoked. So like, let's say like down to like the simple thing, like the HOA is sending you the notice because your grass wasn't mowed exactly to this, or you had something in your driveway that you your driveway, your concrete of your driveway isn't completely clear. It, it's like they caught you in it. And there's a lot of pressure to that. There's pressure at work. There's pressure on the freeways. You have to be at work by a certain time and there's all this traffic and everyone's jockeying to like get to work on time at the same time. And So our society is set up to be highly aggravating, right? But then if you express that anger, then you've lost it. If you express your anger, then you're out of line. And now if you're a woman doing that, you're crazy. And then you need to go to the psychotherapist where they're going to give you a diagnosis and say you're emotionally dysregulated. And then they're going to say, well, you need to stop that. So here's a pill to help you not feel your feelings because we don't want to feel your feelings when you're feeling your feelings. So quit that. And I just described my whole life, right? And there's no place for you to express your feelings. And then it's like the whole system is set up to be poker face. Like I'm not gonna let that person know that they irritated me. And then people are wondering why there's like road rage. (laughs) Why do you think there's kids going into schools, young boys that have been repressed too, going into schools and shooting things to place up because the only place they feel powerful is on the video games. That's it in their room and they want to bring that power into the world. And the only way they've been show how is through violence. So we have made anger, we have disowned it and made it an enemy instead of seeing that it's a warning system.
1: Yes, a warning system and also something that tells you that something isn't right something unjust is happening, something that we need to take a stand around as well. And again, I mean, what's a better way to control the masses, to control the society, than to keep them in this perpetual, vicious cycle of obligations and responsibilities and deadlines and timelines, and then poking them, as you say, so that we are not just constantly feeling the the rush and the need to be somewhere and do something, but also the sense that we are being observed and monitored and any small mistake will be noticed. Any small mistake will receive some sort of a repercussion. I mean, literally, it's like living in a jail, in a prison. And we have the some sort of an illusion of freedom. Like we have... The right to make decisions for ourselves, when in reality, that space is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller as long as we choose to stay in that matrix that you talked about. And we choose to go along with these societal expectations and systems and structures that we perhaps all used to consider safe and good for us. (laughs) (laughs) That's the irony. Exactly. Yeah. And that are just being more and more exposed as systems that really don't have our highest interest and our best interest at heart.
0: Yeah. And it's really, it's really an extrapolation of the family system, right? So in a family system, you know, the little child has anger, girl or boy is told, you're not allowed. That's disrespectful towards me for you to express that anger in this house. Right. And then, so the kid's like, well, I don't, I'm three, you know, I don't know how to manage my emotions. I'm three. I have anger. It's moving through, through me. It's a powerful force. And then it gets stopped up, right? It gets stopped up. And then kids turn inwards on themselves a lot of times, or they turn outwards in bullying. And it's kind of like, it seems to me like what happens is that parents just don't want to be bothered. They just don't want to be bothered with it. And so they want it to stop because they, on the outside world, have all this pressure, 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 pressure all the time. So the last thing they want at home is more pressure, But the truth of the matter is that that's how the cycle keeps getting perpetuated, is that we have to be willing as parents, as adults, to slow down, be with our kids, let them express their anger, demonstrate to them how we express anger in a healthy way, and and be the demonstration of that release of that anger. And then on the other side, anytime I've ever released anger... It's like on the other side is a release. It's like, I feel almost like orgasmic in a way, right? Because I just, all that energy just moved through me and now I'm free of it, right? And now I can be like, okay, what do I actually want? Because I don't know what I want in the middle of the anger. I just need Mm -hmm. to express the anger. On the other side of the storm, now I have some peace, I have some clarity, I have some, okay, what do I actually want for myself? And then I can ask for that. And I think so much of this is that women haven't been helped to understand how to find out what they, what they really want. Right. We've been kept out of our bodies through shame and other means and abuse. We disassociate from our bodies because of all of that. And because we're disassociated from our bodies, we don't have access to our intuition and and a knowing of what we actually want. And then we can't express what we want and then men get frustrated. So isn't it like a cycle? Like it's just like a, a twisted repeating cycle.
1: Absolutely, and very systematically and in a very structured way put into place for centuries to keep us powerless, to keep us from remembering how powerful we truly are when we are fully connected to our bodies and when we're fully connected to our intuition and our divine feminine wisdom as well that lives inside ourselves and inside our womb spaces. We all have that, and yet we've been taught to forget how to access that,
0: Yeah. And so how do we start to unbreak this? How do we unwind this matrix? How do we become aware of it in our lives? I mean, how do we start to dismantle it?
1: Mm. Well, often the first sign that we get is that sense of unhappiness or that sense of disillusionment or indeed anger that starts to bubble up when we kind of get to a point where the reality that we're living just doesn't feel real anymore. Just doesn't feel right anymore. Just doesn't feel aligned anymore. And then kind of following those emotions, following that sense of unhappiness, following that sense of discontentment that usually arises from deep, deep from within our bodies and allowing that to come to the surface, observing it, validating it, giving it a rightful place to exist and be. And as we start to unravel that and we start to understand, Where is this really coming from? Why am I feeling this way? You know, is it from this lifetime? Is it coming through from past life experiences, perhaps? Or is it something that I have carried on through my lineages? Is it something that my great-great-grandmother already was feeling and holding on to and has passed it down the generations into me now as well and starting to understand the root causes as to why that unhappiness or that sense of disconnection is there. And then with that recognition, with that validation of that, then comes the true healing and transformation work through which we are able to then transcend and transform and transmute. The trauma and the wounding and the scars that we're carrying inside our DNA and our cells, and again our wombs, because I, I work a lot with the womb, so I keep mentioning that that we hold a lot of this inside our womb spaces. And often it helps at that point to really seek out a practitioner, a healer, a shaman, uh, a priestess that you are really feeling aligned with, or drawn to, to help you facilitate that healing process. Clearly, you are the one who's doing the healing. Nobody else can do that for you. But it's good to have somebody holding your hand who's got an external viewpoint, who's able to point things out for you, and who's able to hold space, powerful space for that transformation process that isn't always pretty. And that often really pulls you down onto your knees and and takes you often into real deep shadow land as well. But then again, when you have the courage to go there, when you have the courage to go through this transformation process, the results of that are really, truly life-changing, life-affirming and transformational in so many levels. And the healing isn't happening just for you. It's happening for those who came before you and it's happening for those who come after you. And I truly believe that it's also affecting through this ripple effect vibration or ripple effect. It's affecting the collective on our planet as well and and beyond potentially as well, even beyond our planet.
0: Yeah. I love that you bring all that in the ripple effect and the fact that, you know, what we're healing in ourselves is healing our ancestors as well. We are one, you know, this is that recognition that the indigenous people always knew that's that we are one, yes. we're all one collective, you know, even in the fractal, like when the gene keys out, uh, Richard Rudd talks about the fractals, right. And it's like, when two fractal lines come together that are like similar polar opposites and it's very tense to be in that kind of fractal alignment is karmic relationship, right? It's very, very tense. It creates a lot of explosive energy. I had that with my ex-husband, the father of my kids. And so when it's like, but that tense energy, that really intense karmic energy is a cleansing actually. That fractal is causing a cleansing of both fractals of that of those energetics. And if you can hold the tension of it, you know, as long as you can hold the tension of it, you can create a lot of good positive, you know, positive change in either direction just by being with the frustration, the anger, the rage, and all of that all of that process. And uh, in my case, I was drugged down into a feeling of wanting to die. And obviously at that point, it was time to leave, you know? So if it's getting down to that place of I want to kill myself, then I think it's time to leave that relationship. You know, it's a little too much. I'll have to do the work on it from over here in a safe place. And what you're talking about a safe place, I love that we have so many more safe places now as women because more women know about the sister wound and the mother wound and more women have done their work on that so that they have become places that are safe for other women. So what are some signs, Emmy, of a safe place? Like, because I know people want to do this work, but they're also nervous about I don't need any backstabbing. I don't. I don't trust women. They haven't been my friend. They attack or they do this, and it's unexpected, and then it really hurts. And I don't want to be shamed or blamed or judgment. I mean, there's so many ways that women have been against each other. What are some ways that you that you know that you can identify what a safe place is to be um, with a mentor in that regard?
1: For me, it's always about energetic alignment. So, who does it feel good for you to be with? Who do you feel a strong resonance with? Who do you feel a perhaps an unidentifiable vibrational connection with? It's it's just this feeling that when you're speaking to this person, whether you are face to face in a room or you're connected on Zoom, for example, you feel like you can take a deep breath and just relax in the presence of this person. And there's almost like this recognition of each other. And it could well be a recognition of. of You having met each other in a previous lifetime, for example, or it could just simply be just this beautiful alignment of energy. And that often comes when you are connecting with a mentor or a healer or a facilitator who's been on a similar journey as to what you have been through. They've been there. They know what it's like. They recognize it when when you share about your experiences with them. They've gotten to the other side of it with the understanding that it is a spiral journey and we kind of get to deeper and deeper layers on our own journeys of those key lessons that we're meant to learn. But there is this recognition like, hey, that person knows what I'm talking about. They can truly feel what I am going through. And just by their presence, by their vibration, by their energy, the the light that they're emitting, even through the screen, this is the kind of person I need to be working with. And not even the kind of person, this is the person that I am meant to be working with.
0: Yeah, and usually that person gets placed in your path a number of different ways. And, you know, you end up in their Facebook group, you didn't even know it was theirs, you get a prompt, you see an offer, you might even have a triggered reaction to it. But that is the person you were guided to be with, right? And so so many people misinterpret those signs. I think that people are afraid to go into this work too because it is really vulnerable and it's gotta be the closest thing to being a caterpillar inside the cocoon, right? And just dissolving into goo. I would say my three years writing the Healing the Mother Wound book, oh my goodness, I, like I was tested, I was pulled and prodded and I was grieving and I was angry and I, luckily I had really great mentors to hold me through that process. I love to hold people through that because I've been through it. I think it's really important that people understand that these processes are actually here for our evolution and right. And to step out of the victimization aspect of it, talk a little bit about that because I know that if, when we start the process, we feel like victims and you know, we get, when we wake up to it, we can start throwing labels around. Like my mother was a narcissist or this or that. Okay. i want going to take a breath on that, right? Like, because it's actually part of your waking up process
1: and How do you hold that for people? How do you guide them through that? Again, validation is a big part of that. So without any judgment, without any criticism, without any um, finger (laughs) wagging or anything like that, literally just allowing for what needs to be expressed to be expressed and allowing it to be safe for those experiences to have happened and allowing it to be safe for the potential feelings of shame or guilt or judgment, anger, rage, to to be part of that experience. Because as we've already expressed, we've been taught to not to show those emotions. We've been told that to feel those kinds of emotions is bad for us. And when we actually give ourselves permission to feel them, that in itself (laughs) is already hugely liberating and healing.
0: And that does transform things too.
1: It does. It, it already leads to huge shifts. Mm-hmm. Just just doing that. Absolutely.
0: That's like the smoky mirror in the concept of the Toltec, right? Is the smoky mirror. The smoky mirror is filled up with lots of opinions and judgments and perspectives. And that all usually come from early childhood and that just started steamrolling, you know, through your life. And so at some point when you let yourself feel the feelings, some of that smoky mirror clears and then you can see it from another perspective. I mean, this is the healing I did with my mom. My mom and I would always combat it, right? Like it was never like a warm, cozy relationship. So me with other women was really challenging and mm-hmm. I didn't really trust them. You know, I was like at arm's length, like testing. And I have been that kind of person. My husband even says, I still am. He's like, you just keep things at arm's length and you sit back and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch and watch. And then you see, you see, you see, you see, you see. And then you start to believe maybe, you know? <laughs> And so when you've been somebody that's been traumatized, like that's kind of how you are. Like you're looking around, like, I'm not really sure I believe this person. And so, but what I did, my, my coaches were like, Carrie, if you just suspend belief in your own story for a little while too, Mm. something else might come in. And so this is, I guess it's a mild form of gaslighting myself, but it's kind of like more like just opening to the potential that how I was seeing things at three or five or seven or 12 or 15 was maybe some smoky mirror. And if I could actually feel the feelings that might clear up some of the mirror, and if I could kind of breathe through it, like you said, and open up, there could be another way to see it when I become willing, right, to see it Mm -hmm. another way. And I might find a piece of truth over there, not to deny my truth or cover up my truth, but just to go, oh, that's another way of looking at this. Okay. And that's a diplomacy, right? That's the diplomacy within.
1: That's right. So very true. And I think also what's important to remember is that those younger versions of ourselves, where there was the version of ourselves inside our mother's womb who got traumatized or triggered or the toddler who got shouted at by mom or dad or the teenager who was rejected by the first boyfriend or something like that, whatever led to to trauma, whether that is huge trauma or or so-called small trauma in our lives, those versions of ourselves continue to live in the so-called matrix. They continue to relive that trauma. They continue to believe in those stories that were formed during those moments of trauma. And the beliefs that they took on during those moments of trauma will stay on and keep kind of repeating themselves in our lives until we die, unless we actually recognize the patterns. And what I love about the work that I do is that we actually go back to those younger versions of ourselves and we work with them directly to help them release the trauma and come to a place of empowerment so they can change the beliefs that were taken on And safely heal the trauma and that's then again we come to the ripple effect has a massive ripple effect on ourselves as we are now and as we move forward into the future
0: yeah and i like to encourage people to do that because that actually that creates like a massive blast of light and healing like from your early childhood all the way up to you now and it does heal stuff and if you do it and you know what guess what you're you were the baby you were the fetus right so that's you So you can go back to you and heal you. Even if you were inside the most toxic womb ever because your mom was going through like major trauma, you can go back and encapsulate yourself in light, you know, and heal yourself with light so that your life, your timeline can take on a new direction. That's right. Yeah. I love that. I believe in that. I I had this meditation, Emmy, where um, I realized I could recapitulate, you know, in the Tok tech, they have the recapitulation technique where you go back and you it's kind of like pranic healing, I guess. You like breathe out the shadow and you breathe in light and you breathe out the shadow and breathe in light. You just kind of like keep moving the energy that way. And I realized you could just do that. Like you could just call up your baby self and see what you see, breathe out the trauma, breathe in the light, breathe out the trauma, breathe out the light until you're kind of high and then go to your one-year-old and do it for that. Like you don't have to even know what happened. Like, is it really important to know what happened? What's, What's your perspective on that? Is it important to know the details or can you just move the energy?
1: You can absolutely just move the energy. Some people will want to know the details and I think that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm one of those people who kind of likes to know what happened and what beliefs were taken on whilst at the same time also being very, very open and welcoming and receiving to quantum healing that it can just <laughs> literally happen like that. But for me, I I really do enjoy the process of understanding at a deeper level what was going on, what are the root causes to some of the issues that I'm dealing with at the moment. And Mm -hmm. to actually go back, let's say, to that version of me who was inside the womb, have a conversation with her and understand what were the beliefs that she took on because mom was smoking or because mom and dad had an argument that she literally heard inside the womb. What were the beliefs that were taken on? And what is the red line that connects those beliefs to how I am now and how I continue to tell certain stories to myself? For me, that is incredibly liberating. And then to be able to work with that embryo inside the womb, I work a lot with matrix re-imprinting and tapping, for example, and, and to be able to use those techniques with that embryo to really change her reality, it is incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And I bet you see changes in clients like happen very fast too with that, don't you? Like give us an example of like some, a client that had some transformation. What does that look like on the other side of some of this healing a couple of months down the road or six months down the road? How much time does it take to see the healing and, and what does that look like?
1: Yeah, it really depends. It's unique for each individual. And sometimes the healing can be like immediate, the shifts and changes are pretty much immediate. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to integrate the healing process and for the changes to be seen. And sometimes you need a few sessions before something is truly and completely cleared. But I was just recently working with this beautiful woman who her whole life, kept on believing at a deep subconscious level that there was something wrong with her, that there was something wrong, essentially wrong with her. And when we started to dig deeper with this, we went back to a past life where she had actually been, I'm not going to go into too much detail so that she cannot be recognized from this story, but essentially she had gone through uh, childbirth. Her baby had died at childbirth, but nobody told her what was wrong with the baby initially. She came out of that process of labor thinking that she had given birth to some sort of an abomination that was just literally removed from her, after which her husband also rejected her and nobody in the community wanted her anymore. So it was literally, she was cast out. She was thrown out of the society and had to live the rest of her lives in, in the forest away from everybody else. And she had taken on a lot of beliefs around rejection, about being cut kind off, being shunned, being um, uh, not accepted, not loved, and so on from that experience. And then when we went back to that experience and actually worked with that version of herself in that lifetime, she had so many realizations about what actually happened, not the stories, not the beliefs that she'd taken on, but what actually happened. And she was able to understand at such a deep level what her role in that lifetime was, what it meant for her to actually step aside from that village and live from the forest. And she actually became kind of like this, this guardian, this warrior lady, this guardian who was from a distance sending so much healing, so much light, and bringing about so much beauty and transformation into that village and that society. It was almost like she, was a priestess who was not meant to live with the people but was meant to be doing her healing work from a distance and really channeling her power and doing that work in a way that didn't get the interference of our usual day-to-day human relations and so on but it literally changed the way she's looking at herself it's it's there's so much lightness in her now there's there's a sense of happiness in her that wasn't there before and there's no longer this need to constantly have to validate her story externally and to have somebody keep telling her how wonderful she is she's got that very strong kind of like an aligned sense of who she is what she's meant to do in this lifetime as well and how she's truly meant to serve the communities around her
0: that's beautiful and i think validation is such an important thing and being able to self-validate is a beautiful gift out of that. And that inner knowing of her value and her worth and that story being rewritten. That's beautiful. And often sometimes I wonder with clients, I think I just think it's like a an art. Sometimes it might just be the brain's way of explaining something that's going on deep inside, right? Is through the story. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, you know, so if you're, if you guys, you know, if you're feeling anger, like let's not shun the anger, right? The anger is a sign that something's out of balance. The anger is a sign that something's been touched that needs some healing and attention and, and a boundary and some love, right? I mean, and might be some exploration because maybe the anger is triggering a memory of this other lifetime and it's not healed and it needs to be healed. Or maybe the the anger is triggering your ancestral women who are like, hey, that's not okay to treat you that way. And and maybe the anger is just telling you, you need to speak up (laughs) and you need to stand in your power. So it's it's really your inquiry and every woman's inquiry and every person to go into that space and take a look, right? I mean, it's like, that's the work.
1: Absolutely, that is 100% the work and the rewards at the end of that journey are just beautiful, expansive and life-changing in so many ways.
0: That's beautiful, I love it. So um, I know that you have your podcast that people can reach out uh, and watch episodes on your podcast. Is there anything else that you want to just direct people towards? You've got a lot of things going on, but you have Sacred Feminine Power as a podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes. Is there anything else that you'd like people to know about before we head out?
1: Hmm. Well, right now um, I'm working on a book collaboration, a really beautiful collaboration. The book is called... Return to the mother world, ancient feminine wisdom in times of transition. And it really is a book that shines a healing light and brings medicine into these changes that our collective and our planet is going through at the moment. And it's also about paying homage to the great mother and the rise of the divine feminine. And uh, I still have a few author spots available. So if anybody who's listening to this is someone whose life has been touched by the divine feminine, whose life has been transformed by their connection to the great mother and who are now sharing their healing gifts with the world in their own unique ways. I would love to share your story in that book. And I'm also including an audio component in the book where you get to record a prayer or a ritual or a meditation or an activation, and I'll be doing an online summit as a compliment to the book as well. That's yet another layer or an opportunity for you to reach a wider audience, get your story heard by more people and really share your medicine with everybody as well.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Awesome. I'll put a link in the show notes to all that information. Um, Might just be an email to Emmy. So we'll see. It'll be down there in the show notes. And in the meantime, wow. Thank you, Emmy, for being on the show again and for sharing your deep wisdom. And your beautiful presence and your energy is so lovely. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And I welcome everybody to like and comment. Please, uh, please share with us what you thought about this conversation. What came up for you? What arose for you? What what permission are you going to give yourself now in your life that you, maybe you wouldn't before this interview? And talk to us. Tell us what you thought. And leave a comment, review, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to give kisses now. So here they come. So, I mean, we're going to give kisses to everybody. We love you so much. Here come your kisses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week on Soul Nectar Show, everyone. Bye for now.
1: Bye. Thank you.
0: If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, Will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show.
1: Awaken all Take a winter winter trip, show. from the drip of the From the source
0: of you are. Show.